Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Carlos from the University of Mount Olive in North Carolina. Welcome, Coach. Thank you, Matt, for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, you and I are talking the last day of November uh, here. Uh, folks will be listening to this a little bit after, but since your season's wrapped up, I'm guessing you're you're hitting the recruiting trail hot and heavy at this point. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Recruiting is all year round for us at the Division Two level, um, but it obviously kicks into overdrive once our season is over. Um, you know, it's been over since about you know the second week of November for us. Um, you know, so we've been at a lot of events. Uh, we'll be going to the ECNL event in South Carolina this upcoming weekend, um, and about two weekends ago we were at the NCFC showcase as well. So um, we're heavy on the recruiting trail, like you said, um, but really it's an all year thing for us. So in terms of what you're looking at now, just kind of give me an idea of timeline. Are you, are you still looking, I'm assuming you're still looking at 24s. How, how much of it is looking at 25s? Even when do you think you'll wrap up the 24 class? What, what's that kind of look like? Yeah. So we're still heavy on the 24s. We're really still looking at, um, you know, finding some fundamental pieces that can really come in and contribute to the program going into next season. Um, so we can have a strong team. Um, the 25s we are looking at as well, um, not as heavy as the 24s. The 25s are more so, so we can build a database um, that we already have. So just adding to that database um, so that next year we're kind of on track and we're not, you know, behind and, um, you know, catching up to guys. Because um, a lot of times if you're behind on the on the really good players, then it's going to be too late for you. Uh, but it's not like we're, we're not like the division ones where, you know, usually they have guys committing, you know, their junior year and stuff like that. So um, at the division two level, we don't have that, that privilege. <laughs> right. Well, if, if I look at your roster, it seems uh, you got a good bit of international players as well. So how do you guys kind of balance between domestic and international? How are you doing your international recruiting? What, what's that kind of like? Yeah, so um, it, it can be a little bit deceiving because a, a lot of our international students are international, but they actually either went to like a prep school or boarding school here or they went to high school here. Um, so out of the international students that we have um, off the top of my head, I want to say out of the 43 guys we had this past season, only about seven or eight of them are actually, you know, came from um, their country. And the rest of those guys, you know, were either, like I said, out of prep school or boarding school here. Um you know, for us, we do like to bring in, um, you know, some international students because we feel like um, they have an ability to immediately come in and contribute as freshmen. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times they're playing at a higher level um, and they come with more experience than a lot of the uh, the homestay guys here, a lot of the American students here. Um, 
And the other thing too is, you know, you can get an international student sometimes for the same price as a, as an American student, you know, and you know, the plus of that is again, like I said, the experience, the maturity and all those things. Um, whereas sometimes the American students we find, especially at our level, it takes them usually a semester or two um, to really kind of adapt and assimilate, you know, to the speed of play and all those things at the college level. Okay. Well, what about camps? Do you guys run your own ID camps? Do you, your staff, uh, work ID camps as well? Are they important to you guys? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So last year we did one in the winter in January. Um, this year we'll kind of um, try to focus more on the summer. So we'll have two or three in the summer. Um, the dates are still tentative. We're still working out some things, um, you know, because obviously in the summertime is kind of, yes, we're still recruiting. We're still doing a lot of things, but um, also time, you know, for family and stuff like that. So we're still figuring out some dates and stuff like that. Um, but we'll have this upcoming summer, we'll have about two to three um, ID camps. And usually we get, um, you know, about 40, 50 kids to those. Um, and for example, last ID camp we had last or this past winter in January, um, we actually got three guys from that ID camp on the team for this fall. So it is something that we actually use to uh, recruit and bring players in. Okay. Do you guys, I mean, we talked about internationals, but do you look at the, the transfer portal at all? Do, do junior college recruiting come into play? Um, any of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we do um, try and, and use the junior colleges um, that we have here locally um, at our disposal, you know, to bring in players that, like I said, have experience already at the college level and come in and um, contribute. Um, and also too, we do play with our reserve team. We do play against some of those junior colleges in season. So the Wake Techs, the Lewisburgs, the Cape Fears and stuff like that. Um, in the past, we have gotten a few players from them um, and they have came in and, you know, been important players. Um, we also do look at heavy into the portal. Um, I think that it's it's an important piece and, and something that has benefited a lot of programs, especially ourselves. Um, you know, this year we got, or for this fall, we got a few guys, um, a handful of guys from the portal, um, you know, even some Division One guys that came in and contributed to our program. Um, and now as we look into next fall, you know, we're still looking heavily into the portal, uh, you know, to fill in a lot of those pieces that we're lacking or missing, excuse me, um, because those guys can, like I said, come in and immediately contribute. And I think that that's the biggest factor in recruiting is can you find players that can immediately come in, contribute, make an impact, because um, there's really no time to waste um, and no time to really, you know, have to assimilate and adapt because then you're just behind everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let's talk a little bit more about the school. I'm sure there's some folks out there not familiar with uh, Mount Olive. Um, I've driven up and down 95, 100 times, and I've always seen an exit that Mount Olive is uh, is off this way, but uh, haven't driven through there yet, but it's on my list next time uh, I go north. Um, but you've been there a couple seasons now. Tell me, what are some things that you find is really unique about the school, something really awesome, maybe some things we wouldn't even know by going through the website? Yeah, so if you love pickles, we're the pickle capital. Um, so home of the pickles. Um, other than that, I mean, it's a small town, small community. I think that that, you know, kind of plays into um, our favor. Um, it's a tight-knit community. Um, a lot of the people there know each other on a first-name basis. A lot of people there, a lot of the residents there have been there for years. Um, you know, our AD has been there for 20-plus years, probably longer than I've been alive. Um, you know, so it's a good thing where, um, you know, you get kind of get that Southern feel where, um, you feel comfortable, you feel at home, um, and it's a, a home away from home, even for our international students. Um, something that I love about the CAF is they have all the um, the international flags hanged up 
Um, so whenever those guys go in, you know, whether they're from Europe or South America, Central America, wherever they're from, you know, their flag is there. Um, so they can kind of identify with that. Um, other than that, I mean, it's really athletic space. I would say probably out of the population, it's probably around 60 to 70 percent, you know, student athletes. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how much we have right now in terms of population, but I would say it's around um, like 2000 students. Um, the ratio probably for faculty to student is probably like around 14 to one. Um, so we do have small class sizes. Um, the campus is small and tidy, so everything is within walking distance. Um, and it, like I said, it really has that nice kind of Southern town feel to it. Um, we're about an hour from Wilmington where the beach is. Um, so for players that or students that like, you know, the warm weather whenever it's here and want to go to the beach, that's great. And then about an hour, 20 minutes from Raleigh, um, from the big capital. Um, so overall, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a great, great little campus, great little town. Um, you have all the essentials around you. Um, and like I said, I think what really makes Mount Olive great is the people that are there um, that have been there for so many years that really care about you and look out for you in as many ways as they can. Awesome. Well, I, 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 I've got some Mount Olive pickles, I think, in my fridge at the moment. But uh, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, playing soccer, that's great. But there's also the getting a degree and, and being a student. Uh, so for some folks, that's kind of tough, right? Making the transition from high school to, to being a college athlete with college classes. So how do your players really succeed in both the classroom and on the field and kind of what support systems does a school offer to make sure that they do that? So as a coaching staff, I think that, you know, compared to other programs, we understand the importance um, and we understand that our job um, as coaches is not only, you know, to help the players develop on the field and be successful on the field, but also as student athletes, because a lot of these kids, regardless of how good they are, uh, the truth is and the reality is that a lot of them are not going to go professional um, or even get a chance to. So um, kind of their way out into the real world is their degree. So um, we're big on honing down and, and making sure that, you know, we're getting on the guys um, to go to class, to do their work, you know, to get good grades. Um, this past spring, we had an overall team GPA of a 3.6, which, um, you know, for a soccer team is, is something great. And a lot of other schools usually are around like a 3.0 or a 3.2, something like that. So uh, we're always looking to excel in the classroom and on the field. Um, and, some of the resources that we have, um, you know, obviously we have all the the basic, you know, tutoring resources. Um, you know, we have study hall. Uh, we have writing centers. We have math centers. Um, you know, the professors, since it is a small campus, you know, they do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff whenever necessary. Um, the other great thing about um, our program and, and our um, team is that a lot of the students either study a similar major or the same major. So they have a lot of classes together. Um, or you have a freshman coming in doing business when we have a junior or a few juniors doing business. So they've already taken the class. So those freshmen can go to those juniors or those upperclassmen um, to ask for help or to ask for guidance. Um, you know, cause everybody, everybody has a different learning style, um, different professors, you know, teach different ways. And I think that that's one of the struggles, you know, coming from high school to college is kind of adapting to those different learning styles and how they teach. Um, so it's a great thing that, like I said, our team environment, you know, allows for players not only to be in the classroom together, but also help each other out um, in different ways. Um, and for the players that are struggling, um, you know, we, we as a coaching staff, we meet with the professors and we talk about kind of the individual plans that we can work with them um, and what the professors need from us as a staff, um, you know, to make sure that the kids are, are doing all the right things. 
Um, but the biggest thing, like I said, is um, study hall um, is one of those components. So we mandate, uh, depending on your GPA, if it's under a 3.5, then we mandate um, six hours a week um, for study hall. Um, and then once you get past that 3.5, then you're good, um, you know, as long as you maintain it. Um, so again, we, we try to um, raise the standard um, every semester and make sure that the players understand that they're just not here, you know, to socialize and play soccer, but also get a degree, like you said, because it is very important. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's roll it back maybe a month when you're in the heart of your conference season. Kind of, Can you walk me through what a typical week would look like for the players in terms of when are classes, when are meals, practices, game cadence, that kind of thing? Yeah, so classes usually run um, from like eight to three, unless you have like labs. Like if you're a bio major or something, then you may have labs in the afternoon that run to like 4.30. Um, so it really depends. For us, um, if it was on a Monday, um, we would have one weight training session in the morning um, from 7.15 um, to 7.45 um, or from 7 to 7.45, excuse me. And then the class, the players that have 8 a.m.s will go to that class. Um, and then we would have a, a second weight training session for the guys that couldn't make um, the early session from 2 to 2.45. Um, and then we were usually training um, around 4.30, 5, sometimes 6, really depending on when the girls would train. Um, usually, like if we we had a game on Wednesday and then a game on Saturday, so we would train Monday, uh, pretty heavy session. Tuesday would be more of kind of a, a tactical kind of like a walkthrough about um, – how the team was going to play, the formation, how they set up, any set pieces that we need to look at um, and things of that nature. So it was much a, a lighter session. Um, and then Wednesday, game day, um, if it's home, the girls usually play first, um, like at four, and then we kick off at seven right after them. Um, and then Thursday will kind of be like a recovery session for us after the game. Um, a lot of the guys that didn't get a lot of minutes, um, they'll have a kind of a heavier load than the guys that did. Um and then Friday will be another day where um, it's kind of like another walkthrough and preparing for Saturday's game. Um, usually it was um, like Wednesday would be home. Sometimes Saturday would be away. Um, sometimes some weeks we were fortunate enough to where um, Wednesday was home and Saturday was also home. Um, in the beginning of the season is where it was kind of tough for us because we had a lot of games, you know, back to back that were away. So we were on the road a lot. Um, so kind of the fatigue and, and just the travel load kind of played into a lot of those things. But um, weight training twice a week. So Mondays and then Thursdays. Um, and then we offer two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon to kind of cater to the player schedules. Um, and then our training sessions would be in the afternoon. Um, again, the time would vary depending on when the women would train. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the team. I know you, you mentioned uh, your roster was around 43. Is that kind of the target for you guys with having a reserve team? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to stay um, anywhere between 40 and 50 players. Um, the good thing though, is that, you know, if you go to our website, it's just one big roster. Um, you know, we don't ever, um, you know, assign players to a certain team and we all train together. Um, so in comparison to a lot of other programs where they have a reserve team and a first team, but, you know, player A comes in knowing he's going to be on the reserve team for the whole semester, the whole season, and player B knows he's going to be on the first team for the whole season. Whereas with us, you know, player A and player B come in knowing that they're going to be a part of, you know, the University of Mount Olive men's soccer program um, and knowing that they're all going to train together, knowing that the head coach and myself are going to be at every training session. So you're getting looked at, you know, by both coaches and nobody is going unnoticed. Um, so the way that we kind of structure it is um, 
as you're training and as you're performing, we kind of see um, players that can contribute to the first team and can actually, you know, get minutes and have a role there. Um, and we start to give those guys an opportunity. And once they get into that first team environment and first team play, um, again, their performances will dictate and determine if they stay with the first team or if they need to, a little bit more minutes with the reserve team to kind of get acclimated and adapted and get up to speed with everything. Um, so those are some of the things that we do. Um, but the biggest thing, too, that I think that is a lot different than other programs is all of our freshmen get minutes with the first team. Um, and they get, you know, significant minutes if they're at the level. Um, if they're not, you know, then they get minutes here and there. But uh, in comparison to other programs where freshmen, you know, sometimes don't get a lot of minutes or a lot of opportunities with the first team. That's something that we pride ourselves in because at the end of the day, um, if the freshmen are for the future, then they need to get an opportunity, you know, to learn and develop, you know, while they're in the fire, while they're in the midst of competition at the level that we expect them to to be at eventually. Um and the reserve, the reserve guys usually get about 10 games a season. Um, so like if we, we have a first team game on Wednesday, maybe the reserve guys play on a Thursday. Um, so we try and, and schedule it that way. Um, and the reserve guys will play, you know, some division three, some junior colleges, um, you know, some of the, the prep schools around. Um, so we, we try and structure it to where it's still a competitive environment. Um, they also do play some of the reserve teams from the local Division II schools around us. Um, and then the other beautiful thing that our conference does, Conference Carolinas, is they have their own, like, what they call the developmental championship. Um, so those players still have something to play for, something to compete for, um, and something to look forward to. Um, so I think we're very fortunate, you know, to have that in our conference because I think that, you know, it definitely adds, you know, to the program um, and to the university and to the conference as a whole. Okay. Well, you mentioned yourself as the assistant and, and there's a head coach. Is there any other staff, maybe folks in the athletic department that help out and really support the team? Kind of what's that look like? Yeah, so we have an alumni um, who is a volunteer assistant, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, he's a local um, PE teacher at one of the, the elementary schools, and um, he also helps out you know, with the local club. So he comes um, whenever he can every now and then um, you know, to help us. Um, besides that, it's really just our athletic trainer, but, um, no other really supports that besides us three and then the AT. Okay. And in terms of the, the style of coaching that you and the head coach have, what kind of style of play? And, and can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So style of coaching, I would say we're, we're very, um, you know, transparent, very blunt, very honest with our players. Um, you know, we set the standards early on and we set the expectations early on and, um, the players always know what they need from us, what they expect. Um, you know, we, we like to do um, a lot of on the field stuff, um, a lot of, um, you know, technical stuff early on in the season, um, you know, to really kind of get everybody up to speed with everything. Um, a lot of passing patterns, things like that, because um, we're our system of play and our style of play. You know, we like to have the ball. We like to keep the ball on the ground. Um, we like to cater a lot to um, the cultures and the environments and the backgrounds from our players. So we have a few Brazilians, um, some other South Americans players in there. Um, so players that, you know, grow up their whole life, having the ball at their feet, wanting the ball at their feet. Um, so very possession based, um, built from the back all the times we give our midfielders a lot of freedom, you know, to interchange positions, um, you know, to kind of find their own creativity and play their own style. Um, we also, you know, tie in a lot of, you know, film sessions and a lot of film review, um, on ourselves, um, 
you know, on our training sessions and on our games and then also on the opponents, uh, but more so focused on ourselves, um, you know, because like this past season, a lot of the games, you know, were kind of dictated by our stuff, our mistakes, or um, not more so what the other opponents did. Um, we like the, the way that we structure it, too, is the head coach will do obviously the head coach of the first team and I'll be his assistant when it comes to the reserve team. Um, we kind of switch roles a little bit. Um, so that I'm kind of more of leading the group as the head coach for the reserve team. And he's kind of more of the assistant um, just so that players can get different feels. Um, other things too, is, is we, we like to kind of give players um, an opportunity to provide their own insight um, and their own feedback, not only to the games, but also to the training sessions or, you know, to different um, things or different tactics that may be working or not working. Um, Cause obviously from the sideline, we see one thing and then players, you know, as they're in the game and in the midst of the fire, they see a different thing. Um, so, so we like to, to keep an open relationship and um, you know, we, we're not those kind of coaches that um, you know, we're the coaches. So you do what we say and, and it's the way that we want it. You know, we, we like to have an open mind and we're open to a lot of things. And um, our, a lot of our players have a lot of experience, you know, at different levels, some players, um, have played with their national team. So they have a lot of knowledge about the game, um, a lot of experience. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're giving, um, having an open eye in mind, excuse me, you know, to their thoughts and to their critiques or to um, what maybe they think is a solution to a problem that we haven't been able to solve yet. Okay, great. Well, I really appreciate uh, all the info you've given us. I got one more question for you. And that is, if you had one piece of advice one nugget of information that you would want every parent player family going through this process to know about the college soccer recruiting process what would that be yeah I would say is um you know to ask as many questions as you can and, and to stay informed and to do as much research as possible you know a lot of times us college coaches we get a lot of blanket emails um with no really you know specific um, information or, or no really specific interest into our program. And, and we're not, you know, blind to that. And we know that. So I think that if you're, um, you know, a student athlete that wants to go play college soccer, and that's, you know, something big for you, um, you have to understand that uh, we have a lot of players at our disposal, not only, you know, at the high school level, but also in the portal and at the international level. So um, these guys have to understand that they have to find ways to kind of set themselves apart. Um, and it can start with a simple email. Um, like, so if I emailed you, I would say, Hey, coach Matt, um, you know, I really like what you guys did this season. I really liked your, your formation, your style of play. I noticed that you guys are losing two to three players in my position. And I feel like I have these traits that could add, or that, you know, could make me a potential player to replace those guys for next season. Um, you know, I think that that, email, you know, will really kind of set that player apart and, and make me really want to read through the email, see his video and possibly even go out and recruit him and watch him at a game. Whereas a lot of players just send out a blanket email that says, Hey, coach Matt, um, I'm interested in your school. Um, here's my YouTube video. Here's this, here's that. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's players that would either never fit into our kind of culture or our system or players that we don't even offer their major and stuff like that. So really just asking a lot of questions, doing the research and trying to um, set themselves apart um, again, by using that research and all those questions at their disposal. Awesome. Perfect advice. Love it. Well, coach, thank you very much. Wish you the best of luck in uh, all your recruiting. And if you get down to any of the events in Bradenton Lake ranch area, make sure you look me up. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more.